This is a HeadGum Podcast. Thanks for listening to No Joke with Billy and Adam on the HeadGum Podcast Network, the least topical podcast on the internet. Today's topic was getting the word out. We hope you enjoy the No Joke Podcast. Okay, welcome back to the No Joke Podcast. I am Billy Scafiori. And I'm Adam Lustig. And it is episode 240. Nice and clean. We are 40 episodes, Adam, from the Begathon. <laughs> oh, yeah. It seems like, honestly, it seems like 40 episodes ago. Does that it? Feels, feels- that feels right to me. The Begathon, for those of you who haven't listened to the podcast before or haven't listened to it in 40 episodes, was a three-hour, three-hour-plus podcast that we put out, which was basically a telethon where we begged for um, you to rate, review, subscribe, and to basically just um, give us some attention. We begged for your attention. any engagement, we begged, we literally begged for, I want to say it all was pushing four hours. I think it was something like three hours, 45 minutes. And the... The great irony being, Adam, that we recorded that all in one day. Um, yes. That felt like the shortest episode we ever recorded. <laughs> yeah, why was we were that so we were so hopped up on um, adrenaline and probably multiple coffees <laughs> and that coffee. we just cruised. We cruised. It was the equivalent of driving from New York to Maryland, and it felt like it took ten <laughs> minutes. You know, folks, when you're in the zone, and that zone in this case was begging for uh, digital engagement, uh, time flies. It just flies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it flew. And uh, 40 episodes <laughs> later, we are now here at the No Choke Podcast. Yes. And Adam, we are going to talk about something today that is a little um, hard to explain, a little hard to put your finger on what it actually means. We are just generally going to be talking about the process of getting the word out. Getting that word out. It, that mm. can mean many different things. We are living right now a few weeks before uh, the presidential election, so there's a lot of word that is getting out right now, right, and people right. are saying, tell your friends, get the word out, get the word out, vote, get the word out. Um, and Billy just brought up our uh, three-hour and 45-minute begathon, which was our little way of getting our word out to y'all about the popularity um, of our podcast. But yeah, getting the word out generally is what we're kind of going to tackle today. Yeah, we're going to try and get the word out. I tried to get the word <laughs> out last week, I believe, but my microphone sounded like I was stuffed in a muffler. <laughs> For some reason, I turned on the podcast and I listened back and I was like, oh, I'm stuffed in a muffler. Um, <laughs> but we tried to get the word out about the uh, Nojo podcast discord. Yep. Discord. I'd like to I'd like to get the word out one more time on the No Joke Podcast Discord. Um, Discord is an app which is basically a dynamic chat room where our listeners can go and talk about episodes they've listened they've listened to. They can talk about yeah. the No Joke Hall of Fame. They can yes. do a number of things, but it's just basically a place for anyone who enjoys the pod to talk about the pod. Yes. The reason I wanted to get the word out, Adam, yes. is because I went into the No Joke Discord. And again, if oh. you'd like this, download the app Discord, then look for Headgum, and then look for No Joke Pod. But I looked at the No Joke Pod Discord. Okay. Just a few days ago. Great. And have you ever seen the gif of Will Smith standing in his empty house with um, him looking left Come and on. right and saying, where, where is everyone? Where is of all the course. things? Of course. So shout out Nick the Deli Man, who is the first No Joke Hall of Fame member to jump into the oh, Discord. No. And oh, he was no. literally standing there all by no. himself saying, I was kind of expecting more No Joke Hall of Fame chap. <laughs> Oh, there is someone yeah. there is someone on Discord who is decided to role play as me. Really? I don't know who this person is, but they claim to be Billy Scafuri. And 
Nick the Deli Man and Fake Billy Scafuri on Discord are having a chat. And folks, I think we're just going to need more actual No Joke Hall of Fame members in the Discord. This The Discord seems to be the platform where the continuing and ever-evolving conversation regarding the No Joke Hall of Fame can take place. That is what what I'm hearing, that that is where that conversation and discussion and brainstorming and ideating and execution wants to live is on Discord. That is exactly right. I think that all No Joke Hall of Fame members might want to go there and start the conversation. I think they all want to get the word out because we have accountants. We have goldsmiths. We have people who are trying to do a number of things to make the No Joke Hall of Fame better. And if you want to have that group conversation, we encourage you to download the app Discord. Yep. Find HeadGum's version of it and then find a subcategory called No Joke Podcast. Save Nick the Deadly Man. Billy, what was your first reaction when you saw that there was an avatar that some that there was already a Billy Scafuri in the Discord chat? Were you flattered? Were you a little off put? Did you for a second think that it was in fact you? What mm. what did you think about that? Yeah, I thought that checks out. Got that it. checks out. <laughs> <laughs> there are there are people it's a it's a chat room. You know, this isn't, this isn't like a professional sort of like we take things seriously. So everyone is goofing. It's like, you put on a costume on Halloween. Well, in the Discord, you can just wear that costume 365 days a year. And you can be Billy. You can be Billy. Got it. Um, yeah. So was I flattered? No. Did I care that much? No. No. But was it fun to see? Yeah, sure. (laughs) And that's kind of the Discord experience. Keep your expectations low and enjoy what you get. Exactly. Um, Now, today we are, as Billy mentioned, talking about getting the word out. And it's 2020. We almost take for granted. We almost take the internet. I know I do take the internet for granted as a means of like the number one place to like get thine word out, um, Mm -hmm. all the various social media platforms. Um, uh, But I'm actually interested, just this is a thought that's coming to me now, about like historically pre-internet, almost in the ancient age, about like ways Mm. that like ancient civilizations and cultures would literally get the word out. Um, And I I mean, I'm thinking about the very famous ancient Greek tale um, about how the guy who was a messenger who was – I believe it was like the Battle of Athens or one of those like ancient Greek battles. And and uh, they were like, go run and tell the people uh, in the town of Marathon that we won the battle. So the yes. guy ran the 26 miles, which is why 20, the Marathon is 26.2 miles. The ancient Greek man run, ran 26 miles. And when he got there, seemingly – I would – ostensibly out of breath, I would say, and probably pretty tired – uh, he got there and he said, uh, I believe he said like Nike or Nike, which means like victory. So yeah, he was like the messenger. Victory. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Nike is which the god is of, of victory. Cor- it's pretty sick that that one anecdote encompasses why Nike is called Nike and why marathons are called marathons, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But that was sort of like the original get like messenger, like literal town, literal messengers were yeah. their role was to get the word out. In that the case of that story, it was literally just the one word. Just get that yeah. one word out. Yeah, I'd like to imagine a world where in 2020, you have to run a marathon to send a tweet. <laughs> you want to send a tweet? You have to run 26.2 miles first. I think that, that will make us all a way more thoughtful and considered community. It makes a lot. That makes a, a lot of deep sense. A lot of yeah, like Chris deep. Rock, Chris yes. Rock once had a joke where um, guns can be free, but bullets should cost $5,000 <laughs> each. You want to shoot a bullet? You better really consider the cost of shooting that yes. bullet. He said there'd be no there be no more innocent bystanders. That's right. He said. Yeah. <laughs> You'd have to hit your shot. Um, so exactly. if you want to tweet in 2020, running 26.2 is a pretty good litmus test to see if that tweet is worth it. I think um, so. I, I also think of Adam, Paul Revere. Didn't Paul Revere yes. get on a horse and scream, the Redcoats are coming? The British are coming. The British, the are, British coming. are coming. Exactly. Exactly. Where was he? Was that in Massachusetts? I want to say that was New England, yeah. And uh and he And is he, he telling is he telling like 
Main Street, or is he really like hitting the highways? Like, how far <laughs> is that word actually going? Like, I That's get a, that a man can be on a horse and go down a straight road, yeah. but there's only so many people on that straight road. I mean, do those people then get on their horses and say the English are coming to a new Main Street? Okay, how now that, that is a great work? question. Was it like an established sort of like midnight horse network that Paul mm. Revere was almost like a phone chain when you have there's a snow day in school, uh, mm-hmm. and like the parent is just like, well, the Lustics have to call the Skafuris and the Skafuris have to call the Smiths, and that's how we get this snow day word out. I wonder if it was sort of a, a snow day phone tree type Good vibe question. with Paul Revere, or whether it was just like I'm the one Paul Revere. There's the one street. This mm-hmm. is the 1700s. There's not a lot of streets. There's not like mm-hmm. side cul-de-sacs that I need to go down. Um, my guess, my guess is that Paul Revere didn't have that infrastructure in place. He didn't think that, that too, there was right? going to be subcategories of other horses that were going to seed out. <laughs> but I think that when he went out there, he hit Main Street. Yeah. He said the English are coming to yeah. probably a dozen or so people. Yeah. After that, a couple of days later, they probably um, – all met up. They probably had a meeting of the minds. So like, how can we improve that experience moving forward? <laughs> and, you know, everyone kind of explained what their point of view was during the experience. And I bet Paul Revere was like, you know what I think we need? I think we need to create the concept of a chain. Yeah. A chain. Exactly. And I think that the phone chain, the school day, the snow right. day, the phone, um, tree. phone chain was born out of the meeting after Paul Revere said the English are coming. That's my best guess. From the sort of the New England, the Massachusetts brainstorm, we'll call it, Mm -hmm. of just Mm -hmm. like, well, that was great, but poor Paul, his voice is hoarse now, his his horse horse is tired, so Mm -hmm. maybe there's a more effective way where we can sort of lighten Paul Revere's load, and he doesn't need to be the only one that's spreading this one word. Yeah. Are we still doing phone chains? I used to love finding out the phone chain, who we would receive the phone call from and who we would send the message on to. Yeah, that was a sick moment where you would like get the phone tree, because I do feel like that was given to the kid to bring home to thine parents in case there was a snow day. Mm-hmm. Like that's how that worked. So yeah, that was now amazing. The, the inherent risk of that phone chain is that if someone just doesn't get the message, then everyone below that person doesn't get the message, which becomes <laughs> a little messy. Yeah, if there's a that's literally like you are a chain is only as strong as its weakest link, like that's almost right. made made literal. Yeah. What if the it, person's phone is down? What if they're using the internet at that time so the phone line is sort of tied up and there's a lot right. that can sort of go wrong there. I think that's true. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. early 90s, I would say, is peak, peak phone chain time. Oh, we've absolutely. since had email. We've since had like multiple people on an email. There's a number yes. of ways. There's text messages now. But for a while, phone chain was where <laughs> that's how, it's at. That's how a word gets spread. That's how you get the word out. Yeah. That is right. And so that's today right. we are going to be talking about various ways you can get the word out, ways yeah. that recently we have gotten the word out on yes. things. And we also encouraged last episode our listeners to tell us the reasons why they are voting this yeah. year. Yeah. What makes it personal to them? What yep. makes them inspired to do it now? Yep. Um, so each episode, excuse me, each act, we will play a voicemail from a listener who yep. wants to tell us and tell you why they are voting this year. I love so, that. Adam, what do you say we start right here, right now, before the act break, um, and we play a voicemail from our friend Hannah. We've talk to hannah a bunch hannah nelson she says hi guys thanks for asking for voting voicemails i'm voting for basic human rights and dignity for all people this year of course that means voting biden harris let's get it done let's hannah nelson let's get it done indeed i'm voting because i believe that people can come together and make good decisions and i believe that it is not a good decision to have a racist homophobic xenophobic president period 
Thank Amen. you, Hannah. Amen. Yes. Concise, well said. Um, everyone should take that take that advice and uh, please vote for the love of people. Uh, can come together to make good decisions. Absolutely. And I think, Adam, it's safe to assume that you and I both agree that a racist, homophobic, xenophobic president won't get the job done. Not my first choice. Definitely not my first choice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so thank you, Hannah. And uh, this is a reminder to everybody else. If you want to get your own personal word out, you can email nojokepod at gmail.com and leave us a 30 second or so voicemail about the reasons that you're motivated to vote this year. Definitely. And we will aim to play it on next week's episode, which is the penultimate episode before election day. Yes. Love it. Um, Adam, what do you say we go into our first act break right Let's now? Let's do it, man. We come back with a little bit more getting the word out. Great. Um, we're talking. What have we been talking about? We're talking about? about Paul Revere. Wasn't Paul Revere mm. a song by the band Rush, by the way? I mean, just side note. Wasn't there, I believe there's like a rock song called Paul Revere? There's <laughs> anyway. definitely a Beastie Boys song called Paul Revere. Oh, dude. Well, then it's a no-brainer, right? All right. That is exactly <laughs> right. This is the Beastie Boys off of the album, I believe, licensed to ill. This is Paul Revere. Now, here's a little story I got to tell about three bad brothers you know so well. It started way back in history with that rock and me. My team. Been had a little horsey named Paul Revere. Just me and my horsey and a quart of beer. Riding across the land, kicking up sand. Sheriff flashes on my tail because I'm in demand. One lonely B.C.I.P. All by myself without nobody. The sun is beating down on my baseball hat. The air is getting hot. The beer is getting flat. Looking for a girl. I ran into a guy. His name is MCA. I said howdy. He said hi. Respect your cat. 
jewelry is what I expect. MCA was with it, and he's my ace. So I grabbed the piano player and I punched him in the face. Piano player's out, the music stops. This boy had beat, and he got dropped. My kid grabbed the money. MCA snaps the gold. I grabbed two girlies and a beer that's cold. Welcome back to the No Joe Podcast. That was the one and only Beastie Boys with their song Paul Revere. Uh, incredible. Mm-hmm. Incredible. The Beastie Boys are relevant because um, for the first time in their band's history, yeah. um, they licensed out Sabotage to a commercial. Really? The song Sabotage. I'm calling all of y'all. It's Sabotage. Killer song. Killer song. They've never licensed that song out to an advertisement or to a commercial huh. uh, before. Except they did this time. Adam, do you know who they licensed out the song Sabotage to? I do not. One, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Really? No kidding. Yeah. They were – there was an ad for all I've of seen the this one. closed um, music venues, all the closed oh. music venues around the world. And wow. there was talking heads of the owners saying that we've always invited in um, – Bands that break the mold, that bands that, you know, don't have another place to go and we have yeah. a safe place and community for art to thrive. And yeah. all of these places are closing down one by one. So yeah. all these musicians are talking about how sad and heartbreaking it is. Yeah. And then Joe and Kamala walk into frame. Whoa. They promise that they are going to try and fix this. They recognize wow. the arts and the community within the art space needs their help. And then optimism reigns. Beastie Boys sabotage comes in Damn. and we're feeling hyped Whoa. going out into the commercial. That's crazy. I have not seen that. That's sick because that song is like like adrenaline, adrenaline max maximum. <laughs> yeah, you don't even have to like. I'm not a mosh pit guy. Yeah, but like I mosh. That would make <laughs> would me mosh. mosh. <laughs> Adam, have you ever been in a mosh pit? I've never been in a mosh pit. I mean, like, uh, no, no, I've certainly never been in a mosh pit. I think I've told the story before, but the closest that I ever came was at a Red Hot Chili Peppers concert at mm. the Saratoga Performing Arts Center, or maybe it was at the indoor arena in Albany, where, like, some friends and I went and we were sort of close to the front, and there was that thing that happens where, like, it, there was just a swell of people that all, like, swarmed to the front of the of the gate, like the front yep. of the section. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't really a mosh pit. It was just, like, a sc- ma- massive swell scrunch of humanity with dancing. So it was, like, almost like an accidental mosh pit. But not, okay. like, a proper everyone make a circle, try to, like, hurt yourself and others, throw your the full weight of your body into other people throwing the full weight of their body. It wasn't so quite that. So when you are in that accidental um, mosh pit, how yes. do you react? Do you try and noodle your way around and be shapeless, or are you trying to actively go to the bathroom? Uh, I, I was I was a little panicked at first because it was just like it was real claustrophobia at first, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just sort of I guess there's no better way to describe it than I just sort of submitted. I just like yeah, submitted. you adapt. You, you adapt. just adapt. You just That's and right. I was like, okay, I don't have personal space for the next three hours. Um, right. It, it sounds make- like you handled. Sorry, yeah. it sounds like you handled that concert better than the Janet Jackson concert you went to. <laughs> Adam, when you went to a Janet Jackson concert, <laughs> yeah, what baby. happened there? Well, uh, I went on. Uh, I was in probably I think fifth grade, so this would be about the Velvet Rope tour, I guess. Nice. Uh, and I went with uh, a girl in my class who was like we were sort of had crushes on each other, kind of. We went with her mm-hmm. dad, uh, mm-hmm. who was a doctor, so he was. We we went to the uh, then the Knickerbocker Arena now the Times Union Center in Albany New York and we went there and we had like seats in the nosebleeds but he like th- th- 
when we showed up to the arena, like upgraded our seats, like on the fly, on the spot, like last minute surprise treat. So like we got to sit in like the fifth or sixth row. I had never really been to like a rock concert before. I've I had maybe seen the Beach Boys once at an outdoor venue, like very chill laid back baby boomer style. So this mm-hmm. was like my first like proper like cool actual like musical artist of the moment concert. And so I was already go? like a little, I don't know, like keyed up or something. And so we were sitting very, very, very close to the stage, fifth or sixth row of this big arena. Uh, the concert started and it was way too loud for old me. And I spent the entirety of the concert, which is what, hours and hours and hours, mm-hmm. crouched, everyone standing around me, of course, enjoying the music. Janet Jackson's a living legend. I was sitting down, uh, head – Fetal, head between my le- arms over my ears, head between my legs, praying for it to be over. So now you say, now you say the music was too old for, uh, too loud for old you. How yeah. old was old you? Al- El- Eleven. Okay. Eleven. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 10, 11. <laughs> the tiny senior citizen, Adam Lustick, was in a fetal position, five rows deep, Too Janet loud. Jackson. Poor Janet Jackson. That's all I can say about that. <laughs> Poor probably, Janet. I, I pray that she couldn't see me. Although, I'm telling you, we were pretty close. It was and like I'm we telling were... you, she definitely saw you. Because every concert stop she makes, she sees the same thing. People standing and waving their hands in the air like they just don't care. But at this random stop in yes. Saratoga Springs, yes. she did a concert for a boy in the fetal position she saw you and she remembers you yeah i hope i liked it that's a night that's actually a nice thought i hope that she does remember me it is the Uh, second act of this the no joke podcast we are not talking about the fetal position we are trying to talk about getting the word out yeah um adam recently and when i say recently i'm talking like the last within the last week yes i've been trying to get the word out on um someone who's running for city council in my district someone i believe in her name is nithya raman yes and i've been um phone banking I've awesome. been going door to door. Hell yeah. I've been hanging flyers on doorknobs. I've Sick, literally Bill. been doing anything. I've been texting friends who I think live in the area and nice. double checking that they will be voting for this um, dynamic candidate. Yeah, she's amazing. And she's amazing. I got, yeah, she runs the homeless coalition called SELA in our yeah. town. Yeah. She is just wonderful. I'm not yes. here to campaign on her behalf, but I will right. say that it was a surprising amount of satisfaction yeah. I've been getting from Fighting for what I believe in. Yeah. Fighting for a person I Love believe that. in who will make distinctly better changes in my community. Yes. And getting the word out was a little nervous at first, and it felt really good at the end of every day. Did you have any personal interactions, like w- when you hung some flyers or uh, like dropped off some literature on doorsteps? Did anyone kind of open the door, and were you involved in a- any sort of face-to-face interactions? Um, there or wasn't no. any at the door. They yeah. really, for the lit drops, they encouraged us not to try and engage. This was more just like a, hey, final reminder type thing. I think yeah. that this campaign in particular is very sensitive and aware of how people can be just overwhelmed and exhausted and become resentful yeah. of election season. And uh-huh. so I don't think that they're trying to talk to every person. So I personally had the ideal experience, I would say, of just doing my job and being on my way. Yeah. Um, however, on the phone banking, that the goal is to engage with people. Yeah. And that is a little bit different. How did um, that feel? It felt cool for me personally. The hardest first step was just getting my initial, they pick up the phone. What do you say first right, to first. keep them engaged? Right. They give you paperwork to kind of say, these are the things that we suggest you say. Or yes. Do. yes. Um, but what I quickly learned is that it's like, if you are an honest voter and you have your beliefs, um, you can usually speak on those. Yep. 
So I ultimately went with something along the lines of, and it's a mouthful because they yep. pick up and you're like, I have a three second window to keep them on the phone. Something exactly. along the Grab lines them. of, yep. hi, this is Billy. I'm calling on behalf of Nithya Raman's campaign. Can I please speak to Donnie? Nice. And if one Donnie solid says, breath. this yeah. is Donnie, then we are one inch closer to saying Nithya is the one. Yeah. Nithya is the one. Yes. Um, if someone's like, oh, Donnie's not home right now, then what do you say? Then I say, okay, got to go. Bye. <laughs> they, oh, yeah. I am not trying to engage with Donnie's kid sister, Donnie's right. aunt. There's right. a very specific list of um, – I think that you can just like straight up find – it's it's pretty wild of just yeah. like public database of um, voting habits and homes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And this campaign is really trying to show as much respect to that process as possible. Total Absolutely. respect to that process as a- possible. Absolutely. I would like to call attention to an episode, a previous episode that we did. I guess this would be two years ago now where we had Dan Greger on talking about Four canvassing. years ago, dog. Four? Four years ago. But that this wasn't was for the – Trump. That, that wasn't for the midterms though? That was, It wasn't oh. for the 18 midterms? You, you, you might be right. right. I honestly well, don't know, but I think – No, I, I think you're right. This was when uh, Orange County got flipped blue. That's right. right. It was for Katie Hill and Katie Porter, et cetera. Right. So I think Huge it was for 18. Wins. Huge wins. Huge wins. Yeah. Katie Porter is a, a superstar, by the way. But yes, canvassing is – it does uh, – I'm so happy to hear that you're – that it feel, it does – it feels good. And to, just to highlight something that you said, which I think is very profound and true, getting the word out feels good when the word is something that you actually fundamentally ethically believe in. Yes. As a contrast, one of my college jobs, which I think that we've talked about this on, uh, on this podcast, um, wh- which I worked – with uh, our dear friend Clayton, we were making similar phone calls, but on behalf of New York University asking alumni to give the university money. And that felt very bad because yeah. that the was- university is probably one of the wealthiest establishments in all of New York City. Without a doubt. And so to right. be calling on behalf of a mega, congl- essentially a mega conglomerate, asking mm-hmm. struggling student debt ridden students to give yet more of their money just because, that felt bad. Mm-hmm. And that was like yeah. getting the word out when like the words come out of your mouth and it feels like bees coming out of your mouth. So yeah. that that was that is a so getting the the sort of um the, the inter- getting the word out does have a lot to do with your sort of how your relationship to the integrity of the word itself, how much you believe in it. So no shouting doubt. out like you know knocking on doors for Nithya and phone banking for Nithya, I'm sure that feels really really nourishing to some on some level. And it's also really satisfying in so much as we've been cooped up for the past seven months, yeah. essentially. We haven't really – certainly haven't seen a lot of old friends and we definitely haven't made a lot of new friends. Right. But when you see the community arrive, whether it's people who are volunteering for the homelessness com- uh, commission that they created or volunteering on her behalf, when you see like-minded individuals who straight up are doing this because they have something to believe in and they're feeling passionate, it can really make getting the word out feels like so much more than just getting the word out. It's yeah. Also, this kind of reminder and I don't know, just like a faith in humanity again, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, look at how this community is being built with these volunteers who have the same beliefs as me, it's True, you know, have the same goals for the future as me. It's very – it has – there's a lot of different uh, rewarding elements that come from, you know, taking that step and working to – Get the word out on what you believe. Absolutely. When it isn't NYU, you're like, yeah, exactly. they don't it, need my help no. and they don't need my money. Not at but all. When you see the, when you see the needy. And you can fight on their behalf. It feels so much better. It really does. And and you know, Maggie and I have been doing a little bit of phone banking, a little bit of text banking, some letter writing on behalf of Biden, et cetera, the vote forward stuff where we're like writing 50 letters to people in Florida and Texas, et cetera. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, it's really increased my empathy or my patience, I should say, or tolerance, I guess, for these random texts that I receive, which are like, right. tis the season, and I don't know about you, but like, I'm sure you're just getting like texts from like numerous political candidates texting, hi, yes. it's Joe Biden, hi, Adam, it's me, Kamala, and just like 30 times a day. And like, I think at where at once, uh, at one point, I think I would have been a little felt inconvenienced or had a flicker of like annoyance at that. Now I, I, I don't, I like, I don't know. It's like, because that could just as easily be me or you on the other end of that getting the word yes. out text. And it's just like, okay, I mean, like, I'm not going to donate to every single one of these texts that come in, but, like, I appreciate the gesture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Once you see, like, why it's happening, I think that if there was a more, like, fair weather election and we didn't feel as passionate, you know, yeah. I think that we would all probably tilt towards ugh, just, like, shrug, like, yes. oh, I hate election season. But the last four years have not been um, stable. Not at all. I think they, I think instable is the perfect word to describe the past. To say the years. least, yeah. 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 So I think there's all the more reason to just accept that election season can be annoying, but ultimately we need to just keep plowing forward to get the win. Absolutely. Adam, we have another voicemail. Great. Someone wants to get the word out for why they want to vote this year. Okay. This is our good old friend, Runna. Yeah. She got this voice memo in right before uh, we hit record, so kudos on your timing. Okay. <laughs> um, Runa, the accountant of the No Joe Call of Fame. Yep. Uh, let's hear why Runa wants to vote this year. I'm excited to vote this election so that as a nation we can collectively tell Donald Trump. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. Wow, Rana, extra points for kind of a multimedia voicemail explanation mm. there, including some DJ skills, using some found media from The Apprentice. Mm-hmm. Well done. Mm-hmm. Well done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when he was saying you're fired yes. all those years ago, uh, yes. were you charmed by that? Was that a fun, charming thing? Did you watch The Apprentice, Adam? I had almost no awareness of The Apprentice really at all. I mean, I think I knew that it was on television. I never really dabbled into many of those competitive reality shows, and I never really had – I mean, that's one of the uniquely kind of like screwed up things about this is that like before all this, I had no feelings about Donald Trump whatsoever. I could not Mm. care less one way or the other, and I just can't wait to stop thinking about him. Um, You know, I like – I have nothing but antipathy for him, but I I can't go back – I can't wait to go back to not thinking or feeling about anything about him right. ever again at all. Right. Um, but no, right. I was not really that aware of The Apprentice. I think I had a vague notion that like sometimes celebrities would do it and like maybe like Flea or like, I don't know, like Scott Bayo or someone was like maybe on the celebrity. Yeah, apprentice. I think you're probably closer to a Scott Bayo. Than yeah, flea. yeah, right. yeah, right. Maybe an actual Flea. Maybe like a, a flea, <laughs> like season seven when they couldn't yeah. get Amorosa on for a yes, third exactly. season. Like, are there any insects? Like, maybe yes. we can get a flea. Yes. Did you watch The Apprentice? I did not, but it was popular in my hometown. My sure. friends did watch The Apprentice. Really? Um, it really felt like the dry run for um, Donald Trump to like really practice and rehearse being a fake businessman. No doubt about it. It was single-handedly what. I mean, like there was a long New Yorker article all about Mark Burnett, who was the creator of The Apprentice, the executive producer and kind of the mastermind behind it. Um, and also maybe Survivor, one of those early huge smash mm-hmm. reality shows and how he was mm-hmm. essentially, you know, in a way, primarily responsible for this rebranding of Donald Trump as successful businessman when in reality he was anything but. And The Apprentice was really the thing that sort of cemented in the public consciousness, a certain seg- segment of the public, that Donald yeah. Trump was this sort of impenetrable billionaire, King Midas, anything he touches turns to gold when in reality he's been bankrupt his whole life so thanks mark thanks mark 
You <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Mark Burnett. Yeah, exactly. So that's not great. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Um, um, but John Mulaney, I'm sorry, going? not to parrot another uh, brilliant Please. comedian's joke, but John Mulaney, one of the greatest comedians ever, has an amazing bit about Donald Trump. How he was like, Donald Trump is the what a poor man imagines a rich man is, and he's like, when I when I have money, I'll have like fine golden hair, and I'll put my name on all the tallest buildings, and I'll fight, and I'll have a television show where I fire people with my family. <laughs> That's right. That's right. This is really nailed it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah The Apprentice yep. is a weird thing. I, I still to this to this day I don't think I've seen a full. Epi- I mean, I definitely have not seen a full episode of the show. Um, I think but- one of my my one of my most intrigued. One of, what makes me most intrigued about Donald Trump is yeah. his lack of imagination. <laughs> yeah. It's really fascinating to see someone who has such a limited amount of imagination, yeah. just like you said, John Mulaney's joke, where it's like, <laughs> well, this would be the blueprint of what a quote unquote rich person does. Yeah. So he does all of those things. But when he lies, when he lies, he's not good at coming up with a lie. So the best he can do is think about what crimes and misdemeanors am I committing right now? Right. And how can I just project them onto other people? His yeah. lack of imagination is really one of the most damning things too, because anyone who has an imagination has the ability to impress me, to charm yeah. me over time. Yeah. But when you have zero imagination, you're it's just tough. so limited in scope. So it's, it's really, it really just really hard. feels like that's one of another on the long list of um, subpar qualities about this subpar president. Yes, exactly. His lack of imagination just yes. leaves him so plain and boring. Amen. Amen to that, Bill. Adam, we have a second act break to get to. Okay. Um, John Mulaney, imagination. John Mulaney, uh, imagine. Fired. You fired. Uh, the Imagine Dragons. Gosh, imagination. It feels like there should be a song about imagination. Like we shouldn't be struggling this hard on the word. Yeah, really. You think right. so? No. Um, but nothing. I nothing. I'm thinking of the Reading Rainbow theme song. But I I don't know if that includes the word imagination. Although butterfly I think it does. in the it's sky, good. I can go twice as high. Yes, in a book, I guess not. It's imagination. Imagination. Yeah, I can imagine. 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 Uh, do you want to play the Reading Rainbow theme song? It's not a bad song. It's not a bad song. It does not include the word imagination, but um, well, let's imagine that it does. Okie dokie. This is the Reading Rainbow theme song. I don't know who sings it, so let's say it's the butterfly in the sky. (laughs) Yes. Butterfly in the sky. I can go twice as high. Take a look. It's in a book. A Reading Rainbow. Welcome back to the No Joe Podcast. That was the theme song to uh, Reading Rainbow, hosted by LeVar Burton, a child of the 80s and 90s childhood staple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is quite a flex to open your song with Butterfly in the Sky, I Can Go Twice as High. Brag. Out the gate. That's what a, a brag. Yeah. And the fact is you can't. I don't mean to be that guy, and I know I just complained about someone who doesn't have a big imagination. <laughs> but you but can't. the fact of the matter is humans cannot, on their own, 
go twice as high Correct. in the sky as butterflies. No way. <laughs> as I'm butterflies sorry. fly. I hate to be such a realist, but sometimes you have to have your feet firmly planted on the ground. And Reading Rainbow, a show that encourages you to use your imagination, might have went too far by bragging that they can go twice as high as the butterfly in the sky. Like, sometimes the word that you're trying to get out is a bit of a buzzkill. And you know what? That doesn't mean that that word is any lesser of a word than an optimistic word. Some The word is the word. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Word, word, word. Word is the word. Exactly. Thank you for saying that, Adam. I just got the word out on keeping a a realistic headspace. <laughs> when, when it comes to the reading rainbow, rainbow yeah. you will not fly higher than that butterfly. No that's way. Okay. We want to deflate those expectations, keep them nice and grounded. Adam, yeah. I have a question about um, your letter writing campaign and you calling um, yeah. states outside of your own. Yes. For some reason, and I yeah. don't know why exactly, yeah. I have a hard time doing that. Yeah. Um, I have no problem telling my statewide neighbors, and I would even say New Yorkers. I would say that New York and California, I have no problem talking to those two communities and feeling like yeah. I'm getting the word out honestly about what I know, what I stand for, and maybe they will listen. Yeah. But when it comes to states like Pennsylvania, Michigan, right. Texas, Florida, right. Wisconsin, Nevada, Arizona, yeah. these states where people from other states are calling them to tell them how their local elections and local politics should go. Do you have, did you have any sort of agita well, doing that when you don't know people in that state? It like was that? really just the letter writing. It was this thing, vote forward, which I've seen a lot of people doing it. So it was like, you, there's, ba- there's essentially a form letter that you just sort of like fill out the, mm-hmm. the recipient's name. You fill out similar to the voicemails that we've been receiving. It's like, I'm voting because blank. So then you fill out sort of a reason that mm-hmm. you, you mm-hmm. me, Adam is voting. And I think I wrote something to the effect of like, um, I want to set a good example for my son and part of that is like exercising a right to vote and participating in democracy or something sort of, you Love know, that. general but truthful and heartfelt yeah. and et cetera. And then and it was always national. These were always national elections that you were writing towards. This right? is exclusively for the president. Exactly. Okay. This is Got yeah, it. exactly. This is for the presidential election. Um so I do think it was these handwritten I do think that these handwritten campaigns are actually a wonderful split the difference between yeah. someone from California calling Florida and telling them what they think. Yeah. I think that the handwritten note really does like pull on some heartstrings in a different way. When you see ink, you almost are forced to read it. I think that's the point. And they were like, the, like one of the little visual tricks was because of course like you print out the form letter and it's black and white. They were like, use a blue pen. So like mm. it feels personal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just like how little many d- How many did you bang out? 50 50 or did we do 100? I did 50, Maggie did 50, my mom did 50, I think. Nice mom. So Good work, yeah, hell mom. yeah. Maggie and I took Texas, my mom did Florida, um mm-hmm. and uh Maggie was also doing some phone banking for Biden briefly. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't know if that was like out of state or other Californians, but I know what you mean about it being, I mean, for Nithya, for example, where it's like literally your literal neighborhood and it's just yeah. like she's she's talking about sort of like, you know, um, helping the unhoused in your actual neighborhood. So there feels like an immediacy or a personal relevance there that is a little mm-hmm. more abstract when you're like, okay, stranger in Arizona, please vote. Um, yes. I'll, we'll never talk. I'll never, I, I'll never know you. <laughs> because I think that's one thing that you and I both, and I'm only speaking on you and I, this is yeah. not a universal of course. rule, but I think that you and I don't like to be phonies. And I think right. that we feel really shitty when we are saying something that yeah. we just don't believe in. There's been projects yeah. that either I or you have said, you know what? I don't think we should do this one. It just doesn't, yeah. feel, I don't want those words coming out of my mouth. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I've struggled with going national, but I think that the letter writing campaign is a way that I would feel slightly more comfortable saying, all right, if I'm going to get out the word to people 
in states that I know nothing about, this might be the way. And I like you talking about like my family. I want to live in a world where I have a family, yeah, family and there could be, you know, yeah, exactly. respect. That's right. And it just made it feel actually as impersonal and as sort of like literal boilerplate, literal form letter as this exercise was with this forward letters. It did feel like it injected it with a little bit of actual, sincere, personal, whatever. I mean, like I, I, with just a little bit of feeling there that I actually do genuinely feel. <laughs> so, so it, and speaking it of that, so Adam, speaking yeah. about why it's um, personal, um, what do you say we get into our third voice memo? I love that of the episode. Let's do it. Another reason why our listeners are voting. This comes from another legend from the No Joke Legend. Legend. Tay, hey Billy and Adam, I could speak on this for hours. But here's just a couple of reasons why I'm voting. Also, the planet is dying. Also, fuck capitalism. Also, fuck white supremacy. Hell yeah. I'm in Los Angeles, just for context, where I'm protesting. So, fuck LAPD and fuck Garcetti. So, that's five fucks. A little local. A five fuck guarantee. Exactly. The fuck started national, and then they sort of brought it down to a local fuck you. I love that. That's right. That's right. So, so thank you, Tay. Let's listen to what they have to say real quick. Hey, Billy and Adam, this is Tay the Goldsmith. Um, I just wanted to uh, leave you guys a voice memo about why I am voting this year. Um, first off, I am a gender non-conforming person, and um, I would really, really fucking love a president that uh, will not only acknowledge that I exist, but will not actively work to uh, tear away my rights and the rights of uh, those in my community. Um, Second off, um, I've been pretty active in, like, the protests and stuff this summer, and um, I am tired of living in a police state. I'm tired of um, going out several times a week to have, um, like, armed men with no <laughs> with their names ripped off of their fucking uniforms, um, like, holding us in the streets and causing violence against people who are just trying to stand up against police brutality. Um, I feel like we're in an actual civil war right now. And like five years from now, we're going to look back and be like, holy fuck, that was nuts, right? Like, we all just need to fucking breathe for a second to be like, wow, fuck, that was crazy. Um, And um, yeah, I'm trying to be on the right side of history. And I hope everybody else is too. Please don't fucking vote for Trump. Thank you so much, Tay, uh, for that uh, brutally uh, truthful and uh, insightful voice message. Um, Yeah, the thing about one of the more chilling – there's going to be so much that we look back on in this sort of frightful era of this Trump era uh, and just be like, Jesus, God almighty, how did that ever happen? I can't believe we lived in such a dystopia. But one of the little small details are these like private militias or these cops that like cover up their – their like name badges or whatever, just like this mm-hmm. tiny little act of truth obfuscation and mm-hmm. un- unlike these tiny little acts of unaccountability that are like, mm-hmm. you can't do it. You can't do that. You can't oh, do please. that. <laughs> yeah. oh, please. I mean, yeah. rappers have forever and I only bring up rappers because they were my first like entry point into a community that wasn't mine listening to right. their songs and hearing what they were talking about, right. their experiences. They would always talk about, and I think Dave Chappelle did too, how at the scene of a crime, there would always be a little cocaine or crack sprinkled on the yeah. uh, person who was yeah. uh, brutally beaten by yep. some police force. Yep. And, yep. you know, there's there's always been tactics where it's yeah. like, nah, sorry, can't prove it. Or, nah, that's not true. Or, what are you going to say about that? Yep. So it's just always peeling back layers and I layers know. and layers. You have to just understand that 
you know, not everyone is out for good. <laughs> yeah, Some are, I know. Not all are. I know. Yeah. And like the the thing about like civil disobedience, it's so important, and it's been cranked up rightfully so during this Trump era because like the horrors and the inhumanity and the indecency has just been so flagrant and so blatant. Because right. I think, like you said, like when you're dealing with someone like Donald Trump and his like evil like minions who do lack imagination and are just like becoming more bald-faced in their evil. The child separation thing, mm -hmm. don't even get me started. It's so horrific. I can't even bear to think about it. But just like right. that just as one example. And that like it, it, it's, you know, Trump is up there saying that like if Biden is elected president, literally in one of his rallies the other day, it was like if Biden is president, politics will be boring again. Like it's a bad thing. And right. it's just like in other countries and in more slightly more normal times, we just didn't think about our political, our elected officials as much. And now you could you could make an argument either way that, that there's a double-edged sword to that, right? Like you don't want to, you know, as a citizenry and as a general populace, you definitely do not want to check out uh, of civic life and just right. like trust that your politicians have your best interests at heart and trust it because nope. that is naive because nope. like they don't and they don't. They don't. Um, but not to – I mean this level of engagement where like every day Donald Trump is able to whip the whole world into like a frothy outrage. Like it mm -hmm. is too crazy. Like we cannot sustain this amount of emotional distress, collective emotional distress. So like it's just so ironic that he's like, it'll be boring again. Everyone's like, please, please yes, make it please, a <laughs> Please let us be boring again. God, yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, we will try and make the promise that the No Joke podcast will not be boring. Never. Um, for the next four years. But, folks, sometimes I get stuffed in a muffler. So, <laughs> you know, if you listen to last week's episode, I was stuffed in a muffler. I sounded like I was puff, 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 puffing my way through this episode. Welcome back out of the muffler, Bill. Out. Yeah. <laughs> right. Adam, for the No Joke podcast, we will be doing this next week. Yep. As one final reminder, if you have um, a voice memo for why you are voting this year, please send it to nojokepod at gmail.com. Yes, please. You can tweet at us, uh, nojokepod, at Twitter. Yep. For the No Joke podcast, I am Billy Scafuri. I'm Adam Lustig. And like always, we will talk to you next week. Thank you so much. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>